If you've been looking for a happy place, you have found it. Welcome to Live Happy Now, podcast dedicated to bringing you closer to your true happiness through powerful positive psychology, relatable insights, and maybe a little bit of fun as well. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. We'll be joined in just a moment by uh, editorial director and COO Deborah Heiss. But we want to tell you about our partner in these podcasts, that is Life Reimagine and their uh, website, LifeReimagined.org, and it is chock full of resources for you and processes to go through to help increase your level of happiness. And, uh, you know, they say, as you awaken it to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to LifeReimagined.org. We are very excited uh, once again to be joined by our uh, editorial director and COO, as I mentioned, Deborah Heiss is here, because we've got a new issue of Live Happy Magazine, the October 2015 issue that is being launched as we record this prod, uh, podcast and uh, my goodness, it's got Anthony Anderson on the cover, all kinds of great articles, including one we're going to hear more about later on in this podcast, Deborah, uh, from our own Paula Phelps, who uh, has a fantastic article about uh, prioritizing positivity. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting take on uh, the happiness, uh, science of happiness, or the science of positive psychology, in that Many studies have come out recently that say maybe an overfocus on being happy might might have a negative impact or have a negative impact on your overall happiness. And so it's uh, based on a study that Barbara Fredrickson published recently that maybe not focusing on happiness as a goal, but really prioritizing positivity and positive actions in your life might be the real solution to finding happiness. The conversation that Paula has uh, with Kim is really fascinating. She presented it um, at the uh, International Positive Psychology Association meeting this uh, this year, and I think you all are going to find it very interesting. We'll have that conversation for you coming up in a bit, but I want to talk a little bit about this month's issue because there are so many cool things in there. Uh, right here on the cover, Anthony Anderson, if you've not seen him, he is the star of the hit ABC sitcom Blackish, and he has a lot to say about the way positivity has influenced his life. Yeah, the article really focuses on his uh, strong family role models um, and helped him make right right decisions um, growing up and moving out of Compton, California. Um, I think uh, those of you who are listening to this uh, when it's originally recorded are aware that there's a very uh, famous movie right now, um, Straight Outta Compton, yeah. in movie theaters. And uh, that's where he grew up. And he uh, credits strong family role models with his upbringing and being able to um, move on and make really great decisions and be where he is today. He also really uh, shares his wonderful sense of humor and uh, his great uh, challenging, how he deals with his challenging work schedule and his family and fitness. I think a lot of people know he lost a lot of weight over the last couple of years. He, really, and, yeah, he looks great in this photo on the cover. Yeah, he, he does look amazing. And the photo shoot was fantastic. Uh, our art director and our creative director were there and they just couldn't couldn't get over how friendly and fun he was to be around and how he just really impacted the atmosphere of everyone around him. It was fantastic. There are some other great things in this magazine as well, and we're going to have a very special episode about one of these articles in the month of October. But uh, if you pick up the copy either uh, in newsstands, which are available in grocery stores everywhere, uh, your Barnes & Noble, or you can go to our uh, Apple App Store and Google Play and find our digital edition Read this story about bullying and positive education. Our section editor, Chris Libby, had a, a fantastic article in this in this issue. Yeah, we think this article is really important. Um, bullying is something that many people are worried about. I have three children. I'm worried about it. But it's not just about how you deal with bullying. It's how you how positive education can have impact to maybe help bullies, because it's not just um, 
the children who are bullied. It's also bullies, and it's not just children. It's adults um, who mm-hmm. can get involved in this. But it's a great a great article about how you can use character strengths training to move beyond that and create a better uh, create a better atmosphere for children. And like you said, we're going to have a great podcast about that in October. A lot of people that were interviewed for the article are going to be live with us. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, another article um, that I would really like to highlight, just because everybody uh, everybody loves these and we get always tremendous response, is we mm-hmm. have an article about dogs. Now, <laughs> it's not it's not your ordinarily ordinarily something about happiness, but this really explores the science and the reasons why dogs are not just family to are not just uh, pets, but are family to a lot of people. And you know, we get a lot of positive response when we cover topics like this. But I think people will find this article very insightful. But mostly, I, I'm I want to get to Paula and Kim's interview. I think that uh, people are really going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's 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 about the backlash that has come back towards positive psychology because sometimes the pursuit of happiness can really stress us out and lead us to be rather unhappy in our lives. Kim and Paula discuss why that's happening, ways we can take some pressure off of ourselves, and uh, some keys to happiness in this conversation. All right, so let's get right into this backlash. Tell us about what's going on and, and what you're hearing and what you can tell us about that. Well, there's a growing body of evidence that asserts that people are trying so hard to be happy that they're actually making themselves miserable. We've got more books about the science of happiness. We have information about what makes us happy and how to be happy. And because of that, people are starting to feel they're not happy enough. And so they start to feel that maybe the happiness movement is a crock. And there's a lot of studies that show us that um, if you're trying too hard to be happy, you will actually feel less happy. There's a, a very famous study that in which people were instructed to listen to a piece of music and try to feel happy, and they felt less happy than the people who just listened to the piece of music. And just took it in. I, you know, it kind of reminds me, I, I always had a problem with museums because I would go in and I would look at the artwork and I just didn't know, was it a, do I like it? Do I not like it? And it wasn't until someone said, just be with the experience of it. It is what you interpret it to be. And it made me, you know, enjoy myself a lot more because I let go of those pretenses, you know? Exactly. When you're trying so hard to be happy, you're focusing on the outcome instead of enjoying the moment. Uh, Barbara Fredrickson has some really fascinating new research about how there's people who are focusing on the value of happiness instead of prioritizing it in their own lives. In other words, they're thinking happiness is very important, but they're not doing the things like say, these are the three things that will make me happy today. So even though we're talking about it and we're thinking about it and we say, I need to be happy, we aren't necessarily doing the things that make us happy because we're so stressed out thinking about what we should be doing. Right, right, right. And let me ask, how long have you been involved in this? And tell me about the impact it's had on you just doing the research. I started, I was interested in positive psychology before I knew it was positive psychology and really using optimism and a better attitude to overcome adversity. And so then as I've gotten involved in positive psychology and started doing the research, just learning about some of the tools that are out there, it does change how you react to situation. So say maybe for myself, if I'm having a difficult time, I'm less likely to dwell in the feeling of that time and knowing that this too shall pass and it's okay that I don't feel good. It's okay that I'm not happy today and that having a bad day is as much a part of my overall happiness journey as having a fantastic day. Yeah. What do you think are some of the common myths about what it takes to have a fuller expression of happiness? I think people 
get the misconception that they're going to be happy all the time. And we do know that there are people who are just genetically wired to be happy, but that doesn't mean all of us are going to be walking around glowing all the time. But we sometimes now get the feeling that we should be. And I think that becomes a problem for a lot of us because we start comparing ourselves to other people and saying, I'm not as happy as they are or as I should be. And I want to say to people who are going through this that the mere fact that you're longing for it, I mean, help me with this, Paula, the fact that they're longing for it, I wish I had more of this in my life, they're missing out on the gift that's right there in front of them, right right there available to them right now, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And instead of taking that moment and saying, what is the gift of this moment and what can I glean from it, whether it's a fantastic time or or a miserable time, like what is my gift here? What is the lesson that I'm I can learn from this and what fruit can I take out of this and, and eat and enjoy? But we're not. We're looking at what we don't have instead of saying, How can I make the most of this experience right now? For you and your practicing this and learning about it and doing the research on it, you know, what what are some of the ways that you've seen it change you, transform you? I think the biggest way that it's helped me is to not get too caught up in the details of happiness, in the little bumps that come along, in, in the things that can shake up your day. You can now shake those off. It's learning to look at the bigger picture and the overall result of circumstances versus dwelling on these little things that happen that make us so angry, that flat tire or or things like that, that that doesn't ruin your day. That was one bad moment in a day or one unplanned moment in a day. And it doesn't dictate your entire day. It doesn't dictate your whole life. It's just something that happened and you shake it off and you have to go on. What are some of the things that you heard from the experts through your through your research that they do to work their way through bad days? Well, I've done a lot of looking at the different ways that some of these experts handle their bad days. And there are some really common, there are like four common things that most of them do. And The first thing is kind of what we were just saying is they don't fight it. They don't necessarily try to cheer themselves up. They just allow themselves to experience the moment as it happens. And for some, that might be just accepting it. For others, that might be throwing a pity party. They all agree, though, that just being in that moment, no matter how uncomfortable it is, is really key to how you experience and learn from it later. Even if it's a bad moment, be with it. Thich Nhat Hanh says, treat it like a child. Pull it into you and embrace it instead of letting the child go cry. A second thing that I see that they do is instead of dwelling on the moment, they go do something they enjoy. That goes speaks to the shaking it off. They might go listen to a piece of music. They might go hiking. They might go do a vigorous workout. Whatever it is that makes them feel better, they will go do. They'll just inherently turn to that instead of sitting down and pouring a drink and saying, boy, that was a lousy day. They just go find something that's going to make them feel better. You know, I've really gotten into this binge TV watching sometimes, you know, with <laughs> Netflix and all the different streaming services out there. And it's easy to feel, oh my gosh, I've just blown four hours here just watching. <laughs> but you know what? I was happy. Right. If you enjoyed that, then who's to say there's anything wrong with it? Just be in the moment, right? Just be in that feeling. Yeah. Okay. Number three. So number three is that they use gratitude. And so many times when we're having a bad situation, it seems incongruent to use gratitude. That is one of the great tools of positive psychology is that we've learned that how we can look at these circumstances through a lens of gratitude. And what happens when we use gratitude, it not only makes our current circumstances 
better, it can also deepen our long-term gratitude. Gratitude begins to come more naturally to us when we consciously apply it to individual situations. It seems to be at the forefront, the foundation of everything dealing with happiness. That's the one common thread through everything that I ever read about this or all the people I've interviewed is gratitude. It's always in there. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's an important part of our overall happiness plan. And, and it's a great way to build up our psychological immune system because then we become more resilient to those crises, whether they're large or small. It just really helps us get through those bumps of life. And what's your number four tip? My number four, and this is always great to see, is that the experts apply what they learn from it. You know, we've talked so much about the benefits of post-traumatic growth, but, you know, that personal evolution does not just happen. And so post-traumatic growth really depends on our ability to cognitively process those events that have happened to us and consciously use them in a way that's going to maximize our, our psychological well-being. And there was a great study, it's cited quite often, it was from 2004, and it said that after a traumatic event, or we can even use it for little little bad tragedies, um, that changes will propel the individual to a higher level of functioning. So if we can use that lesson that we learn, we can actually become better people and learn how to handle our next bad day better. Do you think that the main thing driving this you've uh, recognized as a backlash is just people just aren't aware of the work that they've got to put into happiness. I mean, happiness does is a discipline. I absolutely agree. And I think people look at the hype and the headlines and they think, oh, I should be happier and it should be easy. But that's not the case. You do have to practice it. And things won't come naturally to everyone. And we all bring a life story that might be very tragic, might be very challenging. We all bring our own traumas and tragedies to the table that's going to make each journey different. Because of that, we can't compare ourselves to others. And we can't say this is bunk because it's too hard. It is going to be a challenge. And some people will have a greater challenge than others. But that doesn't mean it's not worth taking on. Can bad days really be a good thing in much the same way that feelings of unhappiness can also be a good thing. Well, yes, I think they can because while the events of the days themselves might not be good, we can always find some good outcomes. Those bad days might help us build certain character strengths. They might show us the love and support of family and friends that we didn't realize we had. And if you look at some of the great leaders, speakers, teachers, they've used really dark times for their own personal growth and sometimes let it become the platform for a successful career. Look at Viktor Frankl. He used his experiences in a Nazi concentration camp in which he lost his entire family as a really transformative experience to teach us about psychology, to teach us about resilience. He he turned some very dark times into a very positive outcome. I will say, if you've not read that book, the Victor Frankl book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, you know what stood out to me in that book, Paula? There are several things, but in particular was... He had made the statement that with all the torture that they were putting them through, that they could not get to his mind. He knew and felt that that's the one area I've got control of my mind. I've got control of my thoughts. You know, if you take control of what you're thinking and make a decision at that time that, you know what, I want to be grateful. I want to. I want to think about nice things about people. I want to think about ways to make a difference. I want to think about maybe smiling first. Is it as simple as making those kinds of decisions, Paula? 
It is, but that's a simple but complex thing to do because as simple as it is to make that decision, it's very difficult to carry through when you start hitting adversity. One thing that I like to do is break it down and maybe I don't get up and say, I'm going to have a great day. I say, I am going to have a great breakfast. I am going to have a great morning. Mm -hmm. You know, get it to that next stopping point. You break it down into two hour chunks if that's what it takes to make each part of your day better. Paula, what can you share with us about mindfulness? Because you're, you're bringing up things when you when you talk about that next step and being aware, mindfulness plays a huge role in this. Yeah, that's another thing that, as you know, we've been looking into with the magazine and, and see just how important that is. Because a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety comes from thinking about the past or anticipating what's going to happen in the future. If we can stay in this moment you can rid yourself of so much anxiety, so much depression, so much, maybe not even depression, maybe just a sense of sadness. If you can stay in this moment and find something to appreciate in that moment, be aware of what is going on, pay attention to the wind blowing the grass, whatever it is that's going on around you. And it has an amazing effect. Whatever state you're in right now, just really take a moment and really look and appreciate. Sure, there's a lot of news out there that's just tearing us down. Then I want to take a minute and reflect back all the wonderful, compassionate things we as humans do. Yes, because if we'll take time to really look at the great things that happen to us every day and the wonderful, the times that we live in, the things that we're able to accomplish, the closeness we're able to have and maintain with people, it's really, and there are so many amazing gifts that we're receiving right now that we don't stop and say thank you for every day. What are some of the things that you like to share with people just to keep them, you know, just inspired and uplifted and moving down the path of greater happiness? It's really how much support we have around us. The people that I have met in the last couple of years are just amazing. Being able to tell their stories is transformative for me because there are people who are really tapping into reserves that the rest of us mere mortals would think we don't have. And so I am constantly knocked out by the resilience and the grace and the gratitude of people who are in this journey with us. Just being able to share some of the stories, some of the people that that we've come across and the amazing ways that they're able to change their lives and in doing so change the lives of the people around them. I think that is what speaks most to me. You know, it's such a treat to be able to tell those stories and live happy because it's a mouthpiece that this world needs, I think, because there's, like you said, so many negative stories out there and there are too many wonderful stories that aren't being told. What are some of the new research projects that you see unfolding coming coming down the pike? Well, um, one of the things that we are going to look at is Barbara Fredrickson's new research about prioritizing positivity. And I think that's something that's going to be great for us to look at as we start looking at a new year down the road and, and how we can change the way that we actually start planning for happiness instead of hoping we can get there. That's a big thing. And then we're going to be looking at some research around forgiveness coming up very shortly. I'm just curious, when you're with other people and you being the person you are, I know that you pick up on obviously the language, the tone of, you know, of conversations. What do you do when you find yourself around people that are being just negative? It is a challenge because we do live in a world that tends to go to the negative pretty quickly. I do try to point out the upside or, hey, have you possibly tried looking at it this way? And sometimes that works 
sometimes that fails miserably. <laughs> but I think it's important. I think it is important to continue being able to present the positive for people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would think in your particular case, especially if they know you're the science writer for uh, Live Happy, you <laughs> that know, that comes with its own pressure, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. All of us go through those moments, right? And what do you do when you're having your challenging moments? Do you do you recognize that right away and do some things to change it? I think it's becoming faster. I do recognize it faster. And that's, again, like you said, it's a practice. It's It's a habit. So you start recognizing the steps that you take that are going to lead you down that slippery slope sooner the more you are working on your own happiness. And gratitude is really my go-to. I have a lot of different kind of gratitude meditations, practices that I will do uh, because there are so many things that I have to be grateful for. And so for me, that's the, that is my most effective way of getting out of a funk. Paula, you've written so many stories. Is there a particular story that just comes to the top for you, the one that you find yourself reflecting back on or lesson that you learned from that story that you reflect back on? Boy, there are so many. I know it's an unfair uh, thing to yeah. ask. But. But I interviewed a woman whose husband became a quadriplegic. He was in a car accident very early in their marriage. And they had two young sons, like preschool age sons. And he is a quadriplegic. It's now been 15 years. And she has so much gratitude and so much joy for all the gifts that they've received. Uh, she doesn't talk about the fact that her boys were ever never able to throw a football with their dad or, or even take a walk with him. She talks about the fact that they've been able to spend so much time with their dad because he's home all the time. And she talks about the fact that her sons have grown into very compassionate young men because they've watched what their fathers had to struggle with. You know, she sees so many gifts that have come out of what most people would see as an untenable situation. Mm-hmm. And that really spoke to me and continues to speak to me today. As we wrap up and think of the people all over the world that are listening to us, if they only leave with one thing from our conversation, what do you want them to walk away with? It's okay to have a bad day, and it doesn't mean you're not happy. It just means that you have an opportunity to use that to learn from it, to grow from it. You know, it it gives you a better perspective. That's some powerful stuff there from Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps. Hey, if you'd like to find out more about the things that Paula was talking about, go to our website, livehappynow.com. You can find links to the Apple App Store as well as Google Play, so you can download the digital edition of Live Happy magazine that's fraught with all kinds of extras and things for you to look through that can help you increase your happiness. And if you took anything away from Paula's discussion that you'd like to share with us or things that you think we could add to it, feel free to get in contact with us. There's all kinds of ways you can do that. Email us, podcast at livehappy.com. You can find us on Twitter at livehappy or on Facebook at facebook.com slash livehappy. You can even send us an Instagram picture or comment on the photos we have at mylivehappy. Thank you so much for joining us. We're always appreciative of you taking time to make us a part of your day. For Kim Yancey, for Deborah Heiss, and for Paula Phelps, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and remember to always live happy.